True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser. I am here. I'm so excited to be here with Mike Bonities, Mike, oh man, we met through SJ Rhea a few years ago, and uh, man, I'm so excited to have you here. Mike, say hello to everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show, Justin. I'm a big fan of your few episodes that have already came out. I'm glad <laughs> to be on the show. Man, um, I remember meeting you a few years ago at SJ Rhea. Um, that's our, our Rhea group that, that we both are on the board of now, and um, we are chatting, and I think you just had a few properties, and then... Uh, we hadn't connected in a while, and and I looked up, and and there was Mike uh, talking about like dozens and dozens and dozens of, of units and and multifamilies and properties that you were owning and managing, and it is so cool to see like the rocket ship that you're on. I'm really excited to be part of it. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I think when we met like two about almost two years ago, yeah. I had like a duplex. Yeah, and now yeah. it's it's kind of uh, grown out of uh, blown up blown yeah. up. Uh, and it's, it's crazy to see the exponential growth you can really get when getting into real estate. It is cool. Um, so just very quickly, give us a sense of how many you own. I own, uh, as of, uh, in three days, I'll own 25 units exactly. myself. Awesome. I have 23 right now. Okay. But. And, uh, and now you're managing. Yes. And what do you manage? Uh, I own a uh, property management company that has 200 units, specifically in the South Jersey area. We call it the swamps of the South Jersey. <laughs> and uh, uh, I also have, uh, I own a maintenance company and we service both REO assets, rental properties, and we do rehabs. So to put that in a scale though, like how many rehabs we're doing at one point, we have 14 uh, $30,000 plus jobs going on wow. right now for rehab. So we have multiple crews. So you're not only doing property management, but you're actively running the rehab for, for people as well. Yeah, it's more my partner, Drew, who's running it. I'm more <laughs> like the financial guy in the background. But yeah, we both together, we've got a, a lot of maintenance and management that we're doing for multiple multifamilies. That, in fact, that, that construction company, again, contextualized, again, mainly uh, does multifamily uh, construction and rehab. 
Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. I'm so excited to see the progress you've made. And what is, uh, we're sitting here just about to kick off 2020, you know, what's 21 going to look like 22, 23. I mean, there's really, really good stuff coming. So I already know we're going to have you on the show multiple, multiple times because, uh, as you keep growing, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, we'll grow together. So Mike, you were just telling me before the show started that you've got a story about a triplex um, and I'll let you set it up and, and ex- share with the audience uh, your story about your, your triplex. Yeah, I told uh, Justin uh, before we got in the show, this, this show's title, uh, whether he likes it or not, it's going to be False Multifamily. Oh. <laughs> because this is a story of a triplex that me and my partner, Drew Side, uh, closed on in a, a small town in South Jersey, uh, Brooklawn, New Jersey. Um, this was a triplex uh, that we bought from a... A, uh, a, a a tax sale guy. Uh, so this was a wholesale deal to mm-hmm. us. Um, well, not necessarily wholesale, but essentially a guy who bought properties at tax liens with tax liens. Uh, he would absorb them and then he would uh, uh, maybe hold them for a little bit. And then once the, the tenants moved out, he would sell them off. And uh, we bought one of them that way uh, from him. And uh, it would it if you looked at the property, you walked inside the property. It was a residential triplex. You had three units. Um, but we would come to find out that uh, it was actually a mixed-use property oh. that was converted into a residential triplex. Okay. That didn't go through any of the zoning processes. Oh, no. <laughs> so, that's uh, 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 the beginning of the story. And, uh, Justin, I'll let you ask uh, well, where how do we you find? Go. So, tell me about that. How do you find out? You walk in, you buy this property, you got three units, three kitchens, three, three locks, three doors, all that. Um, how does it come up that actually this is not a real triplex? <laughs> so we, we knew some, I mean, first, if you look at the building, it's, it's kind of a funky shape. It's yeah. got one of those, it's got like eight sides to it. It's uh-huh. kind of built out weird. So we already knew that we were in an area that, that historically, um, had gone through change and, but we looked at it and it looked, it looked rehabbed and it had, uh, uh, tenants or previous tenants in it. Um, so by all means, we're like, okay, this, this must've, been approved as a residential triplex. Um, but how do you find out? And that, that actually makes for a pretty funny story. So we go to the tax assessor, because that's usually in Jersey, one of the areas you can kind of find out uh, what the property is properly zoned at for smaller multifamilies, because the tax assessor is going to say, oh yeah, it's being taxed as a commercial building, a mixed use building, whatever it may be. And, the, and we go to the assessor and we come to find out that they had done a tax appeal as and appealed it as a residential triplex. They won the tax appeal mm. as a residential triplex. So we're like, we're golden. We're yeah. good. It's a residential triplex. Right. They're like, yeah, it's a residential triplex. You can keep using it as a residential triplex. Um, well, we close. We start rehabbing the property. Uh, we re- we put a, 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 a pretty penny into the property to improve the outside and some of the internals. Um, and we actually... Uh, get a tenant in the bottom uh, of the, uh, the As building. You should. Uh, you, and you rehab it. You exactly, put a tenant in. Yeah. yeah. Every standard. So far, rental. so good. Yeah, exactly. Um, we go for the refi uh, on the building. Mm-hmm. And I, the mortgage company uh, does their due diligence mm-hmm. and they look into hey, how is this property titled out and zoned and all that mm-hmm. good stuff? Well, I guess whoever they spoke to on the township level uh, uh, did a little bit of digging 
Uh, and, uh, uh, I, I, you know, the story's not exactly clear. I believe the general solicitor got contacted that was handling over the township, uh, over that particular township. Now, this is a small township, so mm-hmm. it's a shared general solicitor. It's not just one solicitor for the township, um, which I, I personally think increases some complexity because uh, that general solicitor has a little bit more of an obligation uh, than just if they were serving the township because they've got multiple townships that they're liable for. So they, they really have to be clean cut. Um, and so uh, the general solicitor says, yeah, pretty much uh, this isn't a residential triplex. Oh, no. It didn't go through any of the zoning oh, my uh, God. procedures. Wow. Um, I get a phone call from the township mm-hmm. uh, because the mortgage company reached out to uh, the township. The township goes to di- uh, dive into it. They find out, hey, not everything done w- was done right. So that prompts the township to call uh, me to say, hey, you don't have a properly zoned property. Ooh, yeah, all right. Okay, so so now you've been made aware of the problem, uh, or opportunity, as some people like to say, and uh, you've got you've got a tenant in there already, and, we have a tenant and you've got there. a refi going on so that... Um, the other two units are renovated or uh, the they were already so, occupied when we got the building. Out. Okay. So you got three tenants in here Yep. in this triplex. That's actually not a triplex. Yep. And so, um, what happens there? So, uh, I don't think I was so scared, uh, <laughs> ever in my past five years when I got that, 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 that phone yeah. call, I came into the office. I was talking to, uh, Maria, who's the township clerk. She's awesome. She helped me through the whole process. Um, and she was telling me like, Hey, uh, you've got to go and do this whole rezoning thing. And for individuals who are not from New Jersey, getting a rezoning request or do, having to go through a rezoning process is a very tough process in New Jersey uh, because it's a very densely populated area. Um, most townships don't want to change uh, how things have been laid out. Uh, and uh, they don't like to continue grandfathered aspects um, of their town. They, they want to conform to... Uh, how things should be properly zoned. So when I was hearing these things, I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen because that means I have to go somehow get the tenant out and I have to go get a commercial, make it a commercial friendly unit. And it's, it's just going to be a disaster. I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, but luckily I spoke to the town and I, I and um, I had a recoup after a couple, you know, a day and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, how are we going to figure this out? We looked at this as like, all right, we're going to take this opportunity to get friendly with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I think I walked into that office at the town, I think like four or five times within the, the first week and a half just oh, to man. get the process right. Yeah, yeah. And I sat there individually with everybody I needed to and said like, hey, okay, walk me through this process. How do I do this right? What do you guys want? What do you guys want to see out of the property? They already knew we were making improvements to the property, which really helped out. Um, we, we changed out a lot of things. We got rid of the oil tank. We got, we changed, mm-hmm. we prettied up the exterior. So they already liked what we were doing with it. Um, so I, I sat there and I started talking through everything. And one of the things that we have to do when we get a rezoning is we have to get the council to vote in your favor. So <laughs> I didn't know anybody on the council. Oh, uh, so I used this opportunity to start reaching out to everybody in, in the council of, uh, of Brooklyn. And, uh, I actually got to befriend, uh, the mayor, uh, Terry, um, of Brooklawn, and I spoke to her about our company. She she saw me as a, a, a young up and comer of of, mm-hmm. of real estate, uh, and I actually we got a great relationship out of it. Um, we speak every once in a while, but um, uh, they looked at you know I explained what we were doing with the property, what we had done in Gloucester City, which is just north of Brooklawn, and what we'd done in Westville, which is just south of uh, Brooklawn. And luckily, those experiences helped um, gain some influence and and show like give a 
credibility, a resume uh, for uh, what we were doing in Brookline and showing how, hey, this is what we were improving the property, et cetera. And uh, I think it had a really positive effect of everybody uh, on the council because they started bringing opportunities to us. Oh, no. <laughs> and okay, they tell st- me about... <laughs> Okay, hold on. I, let, I definitely want to hear about that. So just to continue this thread, okay, yeah. so so you've got to do rezoning. I love that you're sitting with the staff in the office to understand because I've gone through that, even even just with a permitting process, uh, let alone rezoning. I mean, um, everyone has a different opinion on what this very clear process should be. Nobody actually really knows, yep. and uh, it can be a nightmare. So, um, so you sat with the staff, you understood, so you put in some sort of application, and the council had to vote. Yeah. So, so that's at the point that you decided I'm going to become friends with the council and mayors and all these other people. Yeah, and we were already in, I wouldn't say the the voting, it definitely helped prompt me to go become friendly with the town, but we always like being friendly with the town because at the end of the day, uh, if anybody who's not from New Jersey, there's this thing called the CO process, which pretty much is the town. Certificate regulate. of occupancy. Yep. Right? Um, they regulate what's in a rental and what's not in a rental, and you want to be friendly with the town because if you know what they want, then it makes it very easy to turn a unit and very easy to do the right things as a property manager. But this helped accelerate the process of becoming friendly with the town. Also, which really was an, an added element to this problem was there were no zoning laws in Brooklawn about triplexes because there were no triplexes in Brooklawn. <laughs> So we didn't have any guidance to go off. Oh of. no! So actually, we get to the first vote, and um, uh, we did everything. We mainly did everything. By the way, I mean, me and Drew sent out all the mailers. We did all the. We had to do advertising. You have to do all these other isms to get to the 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 table. We manually did it ourselves. A lot of times, people hire engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, firms to do all of it and then they just go and do it but we just did it all of ourselves because we thought we could do it all of ourselves we get to the first vote everybody is in total agreement on what we're doing with the property um but they didn't have enough people because brooklyn's a small township mm-hmm. uh you need to have five people to have a quorum to vote okay they had four people oh, no. show up to the council come on so we couldn't vote on it <laughs> and then we've come to find out that we also need an attorney there to represent us because we were an llc so we're actually the next time we're going up for the vote is in january but we've gotten the green light from everybody that we've, we've spoke to they, they they actually when we're at the first vote they said you guys are de facto approved. You mm. just have to go through these motions. Um, so hopefully we're going to have five people at the next meeting. So you have to send a bus out to the council members' homes and just pick everyone up. <laughs> yeah, we're like, all right, we're all getting there. We're all getting All included transportation to <laughs> and from. I mean, what, bring them pizza. Like, whatever you got to do to get these people to the room. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're going to be going through that in January, um, but we're de facto approved at this point. Um, and uh, uh, it was a... Um, it was a pretty interesting experience to do it themselves. I think we also got a lot of credit for just doing it ourselves and doing it right. I mean, I, we had the application in weeks before it was due. Um, we, we, we moved on everything quickly because um, landlords and, and developers have a reputation for dragging their feet. So if you get everything there up front, you know, hand deliver it, talk them through everything, just say, hey, did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? I think that shows... Um, that you care. We did care. I mean, we, we definitely, it's not one of those townships where like, oh, uh, you know, we're just have a rental here. It's like, this was a connecting point between invested our invested in yeah. the area. We're yeah. invested in the area. We needed to do well. You know what I love about this story? And it's the first, you're the first guest I've had on here. That's really talked about, uh, working with the town in, in this kind of way. And a lot of times when you talk with other investors, the town is sort of this nameless, faceless blob of, slow moving process that everyone sort of counter counteracts each other. 
Um, and you said, well, forget that. I'm going to go sit and meet these people face to face and become friends, friendly, show them my track record, show them the history of success in neighboring towns and explain to them how I'm going to bring success here to this town. And it sounds like that's made all the difference. Yeah, absolutely does. I mean, yeah. when they know that you're on your side, uh, you're, they're on your, or you're on their side, mm-hmm. it makes such a big difference because there's a lot of towns that think landlords are bad people. Right. That, right. You know, don't right. want to turn it into slums. But they see that you're investing in the community and making this a better place to live. Absolutely. Um, so then get to this last part that you hinted at before, as far as uh, bringing opportunities to you. Yeah. So um, shortly after, uh, they saw that. Oh, Drew and I are go-getters, and we want to help improve a lot of places. So uh, the town brought to our attention a couple commercial mixed-use properties uh, that could use some help uh, being rehabbed or redeveloped in a, a certain capacity, which we are reaching out to to see if we can acquire that asset and then do something with it. Uh, what's great about that is once th- if the town tells you, you know, hey, can you go acquire this? That means they're willing to work with you oh, when right. you're trying to go through it. Right. Um, the other uh, element that uh, came uh, about is um, Brooklawn is one of the few townships that are actually landlords. Brooklawn has their own rentals. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it's a very rare case in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, at one point, Brooklawn had 200 rentals. Wow. Now they're down to, I think, 33. Okay. Um, that represents a significant income uh, mm. for Brooklawn. Uh, so... Uh, right now, they are currently self-managing those units. They do have a maintenance staff uh, uh, that takes care of, of the ins and outs, but that staff is is soon to retire, mm. um, or at least that's what I've been told. And they brought it to our attention that, hey, when these, the staff member uh, leaves, uh, you know, they, they may have a, a, a come to us for, for management. They, they uh. might need some help. <laughs> so, Terry, if you're listening, hey, we're, I still have this in the back of my head uh, for your rentals Excellent. in Brookline. Um, so that that came up, and then there was another element of, of distressed apartment buildings that they have been actively trying to uh, clean up. And um, it's one of those things that it, it's, it's a slow-moving process because if you're a town that has slum apartments in it and you don't like the current management or and or landlord, it's not something you can easily switch over, but you know it needs to be improved. So as those properties become more distressed, we've been on the docket to take a look at those apartments when, when they the sellers are thinking of selling or if the town, you know, files enough, um, like w- whether it be like eminent domain or something like that, um, to, to get rid of the blight, uh, we're, we're on that docket to, to look at the, these units in conjunction with the town. So, um, a lot of good things that can come out of this, whether it may be not be immediately, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. beneficial, but you know, when I get the phone call three years from now, Hey, we got the 60 unit apartments are finally coming up yeah. for sale and the town comes to you. Yeah. You better believe the banks are going to listen and Absolutely. say, like, Hey, okay. These guys are the ones to go work, work yeah, do this stuff. I love that you turned this this potentially terrifying situation. Ter- you said it was the, one of the worst phone calls you've gotten um, into all these opportunities. You know, you've gotten your your triplex is going to be approved once you uh, send the limo for these uh, council members, <laughs> and then uh, now they're bringing properties to you, man. That is that is incredible. Some new bit management opportunities. I mean, what a way to turn a bad situation into an awesome situation. It- Absolutely, and I think you can. There's there's one other element that um, I think goes untouched by in, in investors, or it, it's really difficult to find out, which adds a challenge to it. But in the state of New Jersey, um, counties actually hand out a bit of money, a budget, to towns to, to to clean up parts of their elements. Now, it's not always, it's not rhythmically approved. It's 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 sporadic, um, but those towns can then give them to. Uh, contractors or some some other uh, business local businesses to, to develop elements of it. Um, 
we've been able to, between the work of Westville and Brookline, um, hopefully tap into some of that money soon where the township will be awarded, hey, please clean up these properties and then we'll be the ones that can come in and, and benefit and do things like where a bank is charging too much for the property, but the property desperately needs to be picked up and cleaned up where we could split the difference on the bill mm. in some capacity mm. and be like, hey, look, we overpaid for this property by X amount. Can you go um, over uh, bring us down to what we should have paid to it and then we'll clean up the property to your specs. Um, so that's still in its infancy of, of working out, but it's um, one of those things that you wouldn't have had access to it if you didn't work or you wouldn't even had the, the opportunity wouldn't have even presented itself yeah. if you didn't work with the town, which is, um, I think, something all investors and property managers should do, especially if you're going to do multifamilies because uh, you're going to have a big footprint in that potential town. Wow. Wow. So much great ed- uh, knowledge and education, man. I love this story. So many lessons learned. Mike, please, please come back on the show. We would love to have you. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community, and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.